recorded live from the mats of Radical MMA in New York City, the Martial Culture Podcast. Your source for in-depth combat sports and martial arts insights with, with Coach, Coach Renee Dreyfus and, and Matt Peters. Peters. Ring the bell and let's, let's get, get it, it on. on. How do these things work? It's been so long I don't remember. <laughs> it's been a while. It's uh, been a while. Renee, how are you? I am fantastic. It's great to see you, Matt. We've been away for over a month. More and more. Probably more, a month and a half. A month and a half. I was like, I got a little sick, but also great news. We are in new digs. New digs. Nobody can see it, but trust me, it's nice. Let me tell you. So uh, about two years ago, this guy emails me and he says, hey, I love MMA and I love doing podcasts. Would you ever think about doing a podcast on MMA? And I'm like, hmm, that sounds interesting. So we set it up in our academy on our front desk, on our desk, <laughs> and everything was like, you know, haphazard. And then it got really popular. And then you started doing other podcasts, and you had your one location. And then unfortunately, we lost that location. <laughs> yeah. And then you had another one, was really nice downtown. And now you have this beautiful space. I'm going to post some pictures, but this space is unbelievable. Beautiful light, so professional. And it's so wonderful to see you live in your dream. And uh, we've got Teddy Atlas doing his podcast, uh, yeah, Two, Doors, Two Down, Doors Away, and uh, the legendary guy. And then you also have some some other famous people I know. You know, it's on your podcast. Bill Nye was here. Bill Nye, Bill the, Nye science, the guy? science guy. Oh my god! Can I meet him? I want to meet Bill. I want to meet him. I wasn't here for that. Rosie Perez. No here. kidding. Yeah, she was on Teddy's show. Oh, of course. Does she box? She's really into it as a oh. fan. Oh, as a fan, right, right. right. Yeah. She was at the fight yesterday. Yeah, at MSG, the, Ruiz, the Ruiz fight, which was uh, I'm not into boxing, but I heard it was an upset. Yeah, yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, boxing fans. <laughs> and that, that's actually I want to talk about boxing later. You know, um, people people want to talk about like is boxing better? Is karate better? Is Muay Thai better? And you know, um, I will talk about that later. But yeah, I mean, it was it was a big fight, and it was definitely an upset. And you know, it has become the year 2019 is the year of the dad bots. Is it? Yeah, the guy who won the boxing. Oh, yeah. He does. <laughs> He's not really... And we got Tocormier. We got him. <laughs> well, I'm in luck, man. Things are coming my way. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, there's been some things that happened in, obviously, the UFC and then MMA in general. Yeah, yeah, going yeah. on. Uh, I don't know anything that's happened. I've been in a bubble. I know. You have to build this place. <laughs> <laughs> I've been putting drywall up. I, my God. I want to say that I'm a terrible, terrible friend because Matt goes, do you know anybody who lived in heavy <laughs> stuff? And I'm like, oh, I can't because I'm injured. And I'm like, and then he's like, you know what I Like, I asked some people, Doja, like, I can't. And I didn't help out, so I felt bad. We got a task rabbit. Paid him fifty bucks. He carried everything on both ways. Oh, that's great! It was oh. beautiful. What is TaskRabbit? What is that? It's like Uber for people. So you can hire somebody to do anything you want. No they'll kidding. They'll clean your house. They'll mount a TV. They'll do anything. And really? uh, so this guy, he was just bringing stuff upstairs. That's so great. Why have I never heard of that before? Yeah, it's an app, TaskRabbit. Oh, I'm totally gonna download that right now. Yeah, you can get him to do anything. I mean, within reason. Yeah, and I mean like like little things like yeah like like. You know, put stuff together or stuff like yeah, that. Right? Ikea's Ikea's, yeah, Ikea is big. They'll put yeah, together yeah. your Ikea stuff. Carry groceries, things like that. Right? That's so great, yeah, because there's so many people who maybe due to injury. I mean, I'm great. I have a lot of support network, but there was a, when, I, when I got hit by a car, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was consigned to uh, you know my bed for a long time, and there was like nothing. You know, imagine if I was all alone. I wouldn't have my great my cousin Elaine, my mom, mm-hmm. my best friends um, all took care of me, and you know, so it was fine. But you know, when you're a complete invalid. It's it's very hard to get around. So this this yeah, just sounds like a need help. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. Everybody needs help. Yeah, your eyes better. We have I haven't seen you since your eye. Eye, eye. Your, I don't know, 
<laughs> we didn't even talk about that before. He's just amazing at puns. He works it in. He works it in no matter what. Are your eyes good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, uh, my eyes much better. Okay. Good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, every now and again, you have to be careful. And, and I was always telling my students the other day about, um, you know, uh, Winkle John from Jackson Wing. He's holding a pad, and the guy's toe goes into his eye, and he loses his vision. Oh. And did you know the same thing happened to um, Kat Zingano in her last fight? Her eye got, or one of her fight, last, recent fights, I don't know if it was the last one, I'm pretty sure it was the last one, her eye got injured, and she might have to retire from that because she, she had some sort of retinal detachment or something like that. Mm. It's, it's really, really serious. Um, but that being said, you know, she kept fighting. It wasn't like a, a stoppage or anything like that. You know, you, you'd be surprised in the moment of adrenaline growing shots eye gouges they 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 don't really they don't really stop you you know most of the time you see mma guys they stop because they eye gouge yeah the eye hurts but also what they want to do is take a little rest yeah. <laughs> right there was that, that fight we'll about it you know with the chinese fighter eye gouge the other guy doing the guillotine he's like okay your guy gouge me it's okay i'm still gonna choke you <laughs> <laughs> they just want you to stop choking yeah. me yeah i'm gonna poke you in the eye yeah Mm-mm. yeah here i go yeah, and you can see it actually if you look at self defense videos. A lot of times, guys will stick their fingers in the eye to get out of something or grip, and the guy just kind of powers through. It's obviously the damage later on is not good, but yeah. in that moment, if you if you put all your eggs on putting your finger in the guy's eye to escape, not as as sound a strategy as actually attacking the leverage. My life or point. my eye? I'm giving my eye. <laughs> exactly right. Exa- exactly right. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I have to agree. <laughs> <laughs> got any other ones you want us to get out of the way? It's a pent up, you know? It's been a few weeks. <laughs> uh so what else is going on in MMA? What's going on with what's going on with you? I mean, everything's how's, good. How's the it academy? Everything a- Academy is absolutely fantastic. Um getting ready. Um G took a little break. He won his last fight. Did we talk about that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then I saw on Instagram there was like a was there um a submission only event recently? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, my guys did really well. G didn't compete because he had a little neck injury, mm-hmm. but he's taking a break. He's off in Ireland and wow. traveling and having fun and, and enjoying his life. And mm-hmm. but we're getting ready for August, which is gonna we have fight teams getting ready for some MMA shows in August. And everything's good. Yeah, the team is doing well and um and yeah, there was the speaking of which there's like been a lot of martial arts um events. Not just MMA, although there's been some really big MMA events, but there was the Combat Jiu-Jitsu Bantamweight World Championships. And this was unbelievable. And yesterday, the IBJF World Championships, the Sports Jiu-Jitsu World Championships just finished. And I watched both. I didn't watch a lot of the IBJF because, you know, I'm not the biggest fan. But, you know, I kind of watched a little bit of it because my old instructor, Lucas Lepre, was competing and he won, which was, was fantastic. He's a huge fan of his and he's a wonderful person. Very lucky to have trained on him. I mean, sports Jiu-Jitsu and I, I'm not really into the Sports Jiu-Jitsu scene so much anymore, but, um, but he's a absolutely fantastic person and um and also i like to watch bruno malfacine who is a 10-time uh jiu-jitsu world champion is seg- segue to mma but went back to do the world championships year so there was the ibgf which is and let me tell you about the rules of ibgf so to guys who don't know it's it's basically um you know you can win by tapping someone out but you can also win by points so different positions get different points and there's also these things called advantages where it's not really a point, but you're doing something aggressive, so they give you an advantage, mm. and then there's the referee's decision. And um, there's a lot of, you know, 
what happens when you introduce points and things like that, there's a lot of point fighting. Rather than actually going to tra- tap the guy out, right. you actually just go to score points and then you kind of stall out the match or something like that. And it, it de- degrades the this fighting efficacy of the art because mm. points don't exist in real life. That being said, a lot of these positions are valuable positions too. So, you know, there's two sides of every debate. But when guys kind of like ignore takedown games and they just kind of sit on their butt and they do this and they play games. But aside from the points, there, there's there's... Because of the rules, every martial art, and this is true, whether it's karate, taekwondo, muay thai, you're gonna fight to the rules of the art, of the of the of the of the um, sport. Sorry, mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna fight to the rules of sport, and eventually, your sport is gonna change and evolve towards that. So, what you see is certain things that are happening in Brazilian jiu-jitsu that would not happen in an MMA match or different decision making. Because it's different rules, different sport. And when I watch combat jiu-jitsu, which was this different sport, first of all, it's there's no points. But also, there's really, really hard slaps, which simulate strikes. Right. And let me tell you, they're really hard. And this <laughs> guy, Richard Alarcon, I'm just a huge fan of this guy now. And he's he's fighting out of, um, you know, uh, Timo Yama. Um, it's where, um, uh, what's the... <laughs> the fighter, she uh, shoot. I always forget her name. Um, she was the first one fifteen uh, MMA champion, female. Um, she's Latina. She's very no, no. Um, she's very uh, um, she wrestled wrestled. She's very. Um, I don't come to me anyway. She's from the same team, and it's called Naoyama's Camp, which is originally like kind of like related to um, start out with Tito Ortiz, mm-hmm. and then eventually um, grew. And Giva Santana, who's a very famous MMA champion and Jiu-Jitsu champion, is the coach there. And he's got a great team of guys, and and they're they're um, they're very very uh, effective. They're a really good fight team. And this guy Richard Alicon from that team fought in combat Jiu-Jitsu. And let me tell you, this guy was unreal. And his striking and grappling, and you saw everybody, They sometimes they tried some of that stuff that they would do in IBGF rule set, and like you know the, the, the things that they would normally do in regular sports jiu-jitsu, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh my God, this is not working. <laughs> so one of the things you don't see so much in sports jiu-jitsu right now is closed guard. You don't see that much closed guard, which is you know wrapping your legs around the guy's waist. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is one of the main things a closed guard does is it helps you control the posture and stop the guy from punching it. It's called the guard for a reason. It guards you, right? But in when there's no punches, it's basically not as useful as a, a kind of a more mobile strategy, right? You open different guard positions, mobile, mo- being mobile, trying to do these other positions that can offer you points by tipping the guy over, things like that, right? So you don't see that much closed guard. Let me tell you, in combat jiu-jitsu, it was closed guard all day. Mm-hmm. And it was all laid back. It was like looking back 20 years in jiu-jitsu, like, yes, these are the fundamentals that made Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you know, a, a killer martial art. And I just love to see it. And you first, but you also saw some of the innovations that, that have happened in the jiu-jitsu world, but as they relate to combat. And it was just, it was amazing. And hmm. man, this guy, he stands up in the guy's guard and goes, Wabanka, Wabanka, Wabanka. And I'm like, well, that's some serious ground and pound with slaps. And and people had to take that very seriously. And it was, it was, I, I you know, I stopped watching jiu-jitsu tournaments because I, I do it for research, but I just don't find it entertaining. The same thing, I don't watch boxing. I don't find it entertaining because it's so unidimensional and there's so many things that, you know, could happen here. You know, okay, if you're doing boxing, you could shoot. If you do jujitsu, well, that wouldn't work because you punch you in the face and this and that. And I just, you know, I, I watch it and I research, but it's sort of like I don't, I don't really enjoy it mm-hmm. and it just stresses me out and all this, right? 
I was watching Kamen Jutsu and I was like glued to the table. It's just forget about forget about if you like jiu-jitsu or not. It's just exciting to watch. Mm. And I hope this sport takes over because it's it's the jiu-jitsu that I love. It's it's it is mixing slapping and, and striking and, and good jiu-jitsu. There's still some problems with the rules. The problem is, is they have this overtime thing, right? So if the regulation regulation match stops, they go into overtime and then they start in these like positions that give you an advantage in jiu-jitsu. Oh, you know, it's like sudden death, right? Yeah. And I understand that because, you know, it's submission only and then they can't go on forever. But what I think is they should, in the overtime, they should prioritize positions where you can get hit too, right? Um, which they don't, right? So I have some problems with the overtime because you could see some, maybe some of the fighters were like, let me survive through regulation and then go to overtime. Then I don't have to worry about strikes anymore. Right. I'm like, okay. You could see that they're already game huh. planning, you yeah, know? Yeah. So it's not perfect. It's definitely not perfect, but it's absolutely in the right direction. And then, you know, I look at... um the matches that I saw in sports jiu-jitsu, first of all, there's always a controversy because when you're dealing with points, you're dealing with judge, ref- referee, and then the referee maybe is not looking or he's biased, which is very true. Unfortunately, in every every sport, there's always going to be biased referees. And there's unconscious bias, uh, but there's also conscious bias. And then there's people who get robbed, and then there's people who, you know, bad calls, like every sport, right? And submission only is so much better. You tap, you don't tap. Oh, we, we, you know, no, 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 no argument. Did you, you know exactly what happened? Yeah. So I, I'm watching that. And then you also saw, so I want to say that Bruno Mofstein is one of my favorite jiu-jitsu guys to watch because he's just so beautiful to watch. Let me tell you, if you know nothing about jiu-jitsu, but you watch this guy move, you're like, that is an artist right there. Yeah. And, but he's segued away from jiu-jitsu uh, to MMA because, you know, it pays more money and blah, blah, blah. And he's had he's had a excuse me I'm a little allergies so I'm sorry my listeners I'm a little stuffed up sorry about that but he's had a, a pretty good career in MMA starting he's, he's lower level but he's doing well but he went back into the IBGF because he wanted to see if he could win eleven times he won ten times straight in his division and he wanted to see if he could win win eleven times and he lost and he lost to a really good guy named Mike Musumichi who's actually very good in that but I could tell why he lost because he's had to orient his game in a different direction which is MMA. And then that puts him in a disadvantage against people who are focusing on this rule set. And it was a really close fight because, of course, he's really good. It was a really close fight, really close fight. But at the end, the other guy scored just enough extra points to win. And it's that extra little detail that makes a difference because if you're focused on MMA for – for jiu-jitsu for MMA or grappling, any type of grappling for MMA, you focus on MMA for the IBGF rules, they're different, and you're going to be in a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. And some people think you can do the same, but I say, how many jiu-jitsu champions are there doing really well in MMA? And we, I don't know if we talked about the Jacare Hermanson fight. Sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. So, so Jacare is a very famous sure. jiu-jitsu guy. Uh, Hermanson is actually pretty good at jiu-jitsu, but he's known as a ground-and-pound assassin. I mean, this guy's ground and pound is just crazy good. And he takes Jacare down. And he's like, oh, I'm not afraid of your jiu-jitsu because I know you're going to do the wrong things. And a number of – they've obviously researched him because a number of the fights, he's just doing the sports jiu-jitsu stuff from the guard. From the top, Jacare is amazing. But from the bottom, he does stuff that is not really the best option. He leaves himself open for a lot of strikes. He did it in the Yo Romero fight, and he ate this elbow that I'm absolutely sure 100% gave him brain damage. It's that bad. And he wow. said, he even said he couldn't remember after that elbow was like the first round, he couldn't remember the rest of the fight. And for like a week, you know, I don't forget how much time he said, but he's like, he wasn't right. Well, do you know what that means? That means you have serious brain. <laughs> Something wrong. Yeah. He said he couldn't remember the fight at all. He doesn't remember anything that happened in the fight. And, and he was, yeah. So, so he took one elbow from Yoel Romero so bad that he's so tough. He kept fighting. 
but he 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 just obviously did not protect himself. And then he had another fight too. He had the same thing. He got he had had uh, ground and pound issues. And in this fight, Hermanson takes him down. He's on top of him, and he's eating him alive with strikes. So the way he's grabbing, the way he's moving his hands, it, it's 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 as if there were no punches, except their punches. Uh-huh. So what you're doing is wrong. So you have to adjust your game for that reality. And you know, I, I like Jacare a lot. It's just, you know. Um, a lot of sports jiu-jitsu guys I, I always kind of root for. I really appreciate them. But if you're not training for that modality, you're not going to be prepared for that modality. Mm. It's just so obvious. And um, and that's why I think, you know, comedy jiu-jitsu is great because it offers this amazing venue to make some money. Not full MMA. Sports, it's still grappling. It's still a sport of grappling. But, and also you don't have to worry about brain damage because they're slapping. And it's not like full contact. I'm going to just crack your face in. You still have to respect it, and it hurts. You're but in, you, you, but, you've been slapped. Yes, I have been slapped. Right, <laughs> really you hard. Touch someone's butt. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, in the, <laughs> no, I'd never do that. But uh, <laughs> but I've been slapped in the academy, you know, really yeah. hard. Um, and I'll tell you, I had, I had an instructor, and this is, this is an old story. And you know, I think I might have told this on, on the air once. And you know, it sounds like a hard lesson. And some people say, listen to this, and they'll think that instructor is abusive or whatever. But it's not. He he really. He really taught me something important. I'll tell you what happened. So I was I was training. I was one of my training partners. Hopefully we get him on air. Um, and we're training. We're having a good time. We're laughing, this and that. But we're not like putting the the kibosh on, you know? And my instructor knew I was there. And he was an old school guy. He knew I was there to fight MMA eventually. I had not fought yet at that point. And he knew I wanted to take my training seriously. And he's like, do you think that's real combat training? Do you think that's real fight training? That is not real training. Let me show you what training is. And then he started sparring me, and he went, whoop, pop, and slapped me so hard in the face. You ever get slapped, and you like you kind of inadvertently start crying? <laughs> <laughs> I've only been slapped yeah. twice. So yeah, I yeah. Oh, that's, that good. that's good. That's yeah. good. Anyway, he slapped me so hard. I'm like, you're it's just... almost like the shock, you know? And you're like, yeah. you start crying. I'm like, kind of embarrassed to say it, but he was, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> and then he just puts a smackdown on me. Didn't hurt me. Did not hurt me. Let me let me let me repeat that. He didn't injure me in any way. You know, so that's the thing is he slapped me. I mean, it hurts. My cheek was red and it was more embarrassing, but he never hurt me. I was never injured. But at the same time, it was like, you know, you almost don't even want to go back to the academy. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's like this, this just complete embarrassment. But mm-hmm. it was a really important lesson. It's like if you train at a at a low pace with like low energy kind of like, you know, not real you're not going to be prepared for that high energy, high pace role, you know, mm-hmm. high pace combat. It's just obvious. And if you're really training for self-defense, you have to integrate, you have to have a little bit of fear in your training. At the same time, you have to go home safe. But every martial art walks that line where, okay, we want to go home all to, all the day, at the end of the day, back to our girlfriends, our boyfriends, our wives, our husbands, our, our dogs, or just or just our apartment if you're alone, <laughs> and and you want to be able to walk the next day and go to work and, yeah. and not you know lose your job, and and you want to b- not break your body, but at the same time it has to be real. And one of the answers to that is to wear protection, you know, like uh, big gloves, headgear, and that's kind of not been so successful because people have found that wearing headgear in this takes more trauma. The other answer is to tone down the training, and um. And, and train light. And that can be good. In our academy, we train, we train light with strikes a lot more than hard strikes. 
But there has to be an intensity. And what happens is a lot of times, and you look at different martial arts and rule sets, they add, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do that, because they're, they're working on the, I want to keep people safe. But then they keep you so safe that you've divorced yourself from reality. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the Taekwondo has done that. Like, it, it, there's so many rules that it doesn't resemble an actual altercation anymore. And then right. sports jiu-jitsu is the same thing. It's like just not people are fighting to those rules, and there's so many rules and so many things, it's not really real anymore. Right. And then, but combat jiu-jitsu in that element of grappling is very, very real. Is it 100% real? No, but it's very real. MMA? We need Thunderdome. We need Thunderdome. What talking about. We need chainsaws. <laughs> you know? I need Tina Turner. Yeah, Tina Turner. <laughs> we don't need another hero. Thunderdome. I'm sorry, <laughs> I started them down that path. You know, I love that movie. It was like 85, 86. I love that movie yeah. when I was a kid. I wasn't born yet. You weren't born yet? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to pretend I'm Which young. is your favorite Mad Max movie? Thunder, Road, yeah, Thunderdome? Thunderdome. Yeah. Oh, I like Road Warrior. Yeah. Yeah, but Thunderdome's good. Yeah. Did you like the, like the remake? You know, I did. I did. I actually did. Yeah. I did like it. Um, my wife hated it. She she couldn't she couldn't last like five minutes. She's like, What the fuck really? are you watching? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, This is terrible. Yeah. She saw the 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 um you know, there's this guy driving the car in the remake, and he has like all this stuff on him. And yeah. yeah, he's like, like almost like half cyborgy kind of thing, and he's got these like, you know, skull, skull uh, gauntlets or something. I don't, yeah. I don't even know. And you're like, and she saw the guy with the guitar, and she's like, "What the hell are you <laughs> watching? I don't want any part of this." I'm like, "Yeah, that's probably a rational decision oh, there." Man. That's funny. <laughs> but I enjoyed it, and I, you know, um, what I really liked, and you can see this in a lot of. Um, entertainment now is is a more realistic approach to combat, um, um, and it, obviously it's cinematic, but it's a little bit more realistic. And um, the the appearance of someone who is who is physically challenged, which is really awesome, you know. And um, and there was a uh, in in speaking of combat jiu-jitsu, there was one special match. Um, it was not part of the tournament, but there was a guy fighting with one arm. And he did amazing. He, he wound up. I, he, I'm pretty sure he wound up losing. Yeah, he wound up losing in overtime or something. But he gave his opponent um, a really good run for his money. And you know, there should be a place for everybody to, to train and, and you know explore, explore their um, their mm-hmm. martial talent. And people, some people don't realize, but John Jacques Machado is a famous, famous jiu-jitsu pioneer. He's born with a, 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 a hand was not um, partially. It was only partially formed, and um, so he's a master of the grappling arts with one hand. So. Whoa. Yeah, it's amazing. It's <laughs> the guy's amazing, and I, I've had the pleasure of meeting him because I, I trained under his brother Higa Machado for a bit, and I was part of the Machado organization. I, I never trained directly with John Jackson Machado, but he's sometimes in the room of where I was training, and um, I trained with some of his students, and uh, particularly Dennis Ash, who I met in Brazil, who's a student of John Jackson Machado, and you know anybody who's known John Jackson has known that this guy's a warrior, amazing, and he's fighting in a grappling art with one hand, mm. unbelievable. And there's a. Um, and this guy in, in the EBI um, uh, Combat Jiu Jitsu Worlds, uh, he's a, was a special, um, uh, you know, one on one match, uh, like in, in intermission time, and he fought a guy from here in New York, and they had a great match, and it was just, it was just awesome to see someone, you know, push themselves mm-hmm. and um, as a as a you know like a para athlete, I guess you'd call it, right? That's you so know? cool. Yeah, it's just freaking amazing. Was a um, I saw your wife post on Instagram the, the picture of somebody doing a they, they did a rack guard? Is that at that event? Yes, they did. That's yeah. right. I totally forgot. Right. Yeah. That's he, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few people did it, actually. It was just one, right? Uh, one guy, I think he fell into position. It looked like he fell into position almost like by accident because mm. he, he, didn't, he didn't really seem to understand the position 
at, at, a, at a deep level. At least that was my take, of course, respectfully, because I don't know who he is. But there was one guy who was actually actively playing it. And, you know, Barry Yoshida, who's, I'm like, I'm a super fan of his. He's a great, great grappler. I trained in his academy, and, and I kind of showed him a couple things of the grab guard, and he just took it and ran with it. And he's actually used it in the EBI combat jiu-jitsu and, and regular EBI championships So they have a connection well. to you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, Barrett is a, a way, was a master way before I was even, like, mm-hmm. you know, anything in jiu-jitsu. And uh, that I could just show him one one thing that he liked, it just, you know, makes me super, super proud. Sure. And he's used it at a high level and very, very effectively. And Tim Elliott used it in the UFC as well. Um, so, you know, and, and, and I think you'll see much more rack guard in EBI because it's like you fall into those positions very, very easily. Like I said, one guy, it seemed like he didn't even realize he was there. It just happened. So it's like rack guard's kind of this like very natural position where you can kind of like, oh, I don't need to be flexible. I don't need to be like a contortionist. I don't even need to be strong. As long as the guy's attacking me, there's a way to enter into this position. Mm. And if I can't enter this, I can enter other ones. And then as he defend those, I can enter back into it, you know? So um, anybody wants to learn a rack art, come to my academy. <laughs> <laughs> Radical MMA Shameless. on uh, 28th Street? 29th. 29th yeah. Street. Shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> no shame. <laughs> or no support shame. us through Patreon. No, I'm kidding. That's right. <laughs> We're <laughs> like doing commercials yeah, no, right. <laughs> All your proceeds go to the Paralympics. Yeah. Uh, no, know. but you know, it's like all these, all these guys are online now. Um, doing like Patreon things. I didn't even know what that was until recently. I was listening to yeah. podcasts and he's like, yeah, Everybody's support us through Patreon. I'm like, I just, I just teach people, you know, in my academy. That's all I do. Yeah. But you know, it might be something. It's good. It's good. If, you know, I have a lot of people send me emails too, uh, Matt. And they're like from, I had this one guy send me from, uh, from India, I believe. And he's like, you know, gas me advice. And you know, it's cool. Unfortunately, I don't have so much time to answer them because I'm so devoted to my students here. But you know, definitely, you know, helping people around the world is something that I would love to do, you mm-hmm. know? So eh, maybe that's a, that's a way to do it. You know, I keep uh, a track of the, the charts where, where the show ends up. And I think that Singapore, was it Singapore? Yeah, yeah it must be Singapore. Cause I have a lot of friends there, <laughs> but <laughs> thanks we, Mike. Mike we Kong were, uh, is my, my black belt friend in Singapore. He's, on the iTunes, the iTunes had different charts for different yeah. countries. And in that, in that area, we were um, in the top 10. Really? Of uh, sports. Yeah, podcast. that well, my, there's a great black belt in Singapore. I told you, he's from my friend Mike Kong. He's uh, one of the assistant coaches at, at Evolve, but he's also uh, he works for Google. He's amazing, master of jujitsu, and also a brilliant software engineer. Well, thanks for the guy. support. And yeah, he's probably like told all his friends to listen to him because he's he's a, he's my buddy. He's like he probably said you gotta listen to Renee because he has, you know, I'll chap you tap you out if you don't or something. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing nothing but great things to say about Mike, who's who's you know first and foremost a wonderful person. Person, great human being, yeah. great father, and then uh, also great uh, martial artist as well. That's great. Yeah. Anything else to go on to before we move to questions? I'm sure you have a lot yeah. more to say. Um, Rose Namajunas and Jessica Andraj, okay, the pile me. driver slam of the year. Oh, everybody do I have to watch that now. Yeah, it's it was it was great. Okay, so I'll, I'll explain it to you. So, so you didn't get is it visual? Is the visual worth oh, it? Oh my god. Okay, okay so I'll look it up while you're explaining. There, there's a lot of knockouts by punching in the UFC. Obviously, right. But there haven't been that many knockouts by takedown. There have. And, and it, it is actually an incredibly important weapon. And so the first really like knockout by takedown in the UFC was Frank Shamrock versus um, Igor Zinoviev. And he shot the world's most awesome MMA double picked him up and threw him on his head and shoulder so much that in instantly 
broke the uh, Igor's collarbone and dislocated his shoulder and put him into shock. Unconscious right away. Bop. That was the first takedown KO. The second one was really famous. It's <laughs> actually really famous. Is Carlos Newton versus Matt Hughes. And Carlos Newton had a triangle choke on Matt Hughes. Matt Hughes picks him up and knocks him out. But as he does it, he gets put unconscious by the triangle <laughs> choke. So it's everybody's actual first KO tap Double out. But, but as, as Carlos Newton got knocked out, he, he, he let the triangle go. Matt Hughes wakes up and then he's declared the winner. So it's, it's actually oh, really fun. It's like, like, no like, 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 yeah, like a Rocky kind of, kind yeah. of finish, you know? It was crazy. The next one was, um, Evan Tanner. He, he KO'd someone with a, and then there hasn't been a one for a while. There have been times where people threw them very hard and, you know, kind of knocked them senseless, but didn't KO them. And this one, this one, let me tell you what happened. So they clinch first. They clinch once. Rose does a Kimura lock to stop Jessica from lifting her arm. And the whole fight, Rose is shellacking Jessica and drugs. Pop, pop, pop. Outstriking her like outboxing, abusing her reach, using this, using this, using the pisau kick, the kick to the knee, using it, pop, 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 angles, movement, trap, pop, pop, pop. I mean, she is running a striking clinic. Uh-huh. Then, Jessica Andras clinches, tries to pick her up. Je- uh, um, uh, what's her name? Um, Rose gets her name, Kimura. Jessica's very thoughtful, so they kind of scramble, scramble, winds on the guard, winds on the bottom. Um, Rose does um, some techniques. I forgot exactly what she did, kind of threatens submission, and they wind up, get up getting up. She kicks her away. She does a, a kick to the chest and resumes a technical stand-up, which is a, a way to post and kind of like so people understand what a weightlifting Turkish get is. You post on one hand, you kick the guy, and then you bring the leg underneath and stand up. So that's how she escaped. And then she continued to win the match. Then Jessica's like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing with this Kimura. And there was a mistake there in the Kimura. There was a mistake. What was the mistake? Whenever you lock that Kimura in standing, they can still lift you up unless you use your shin to make distance. And I think Jessica was like, she's not using her shin. I can do that. I don't have to worry about this Kimura. So she shoots in, clinches up again. Rose does the Kimura again. She gets, uh, does not get her shin in. Does not block the shin against uh, her own shin against uh, Jessica's chest. Now, do you know what Jessica's nickname is in, in Portuguese? No. Bate Estacada. Bate Estacada. Bate Estacada is a pile driver. That's the thing, you know, they, this is explained by Jilson. <laughs> I don't speak Portuguese. You know, I know a couple words. That's it. I can converse Jiu-Jitsu Portuguese, you know, like grab the arm and break at this, but I, I don't, I can't actually, like I live there a little bit, but I, yeah. I can't actually like have a conversation, you know? Um, though, though when I was there, I could actually kind of survive, you know, like it was be funny how you adapt to your scenarios. But anyway, that's another story. So, so it's called pile driver. That's her nickname. And in every fight, she's own pick people up and slam them down. She hasn't knocked them out. But she's picked so many people up and slammed them, like over and over again. She's gone through that division. That's her thing. That's her nickname. So she's like, "Oh, she's not using her shin." Jessica gets closer, locks her hand underneath the groin of uh, of uh, Rose. We would call in wrestling a high crotch lift. She picks her up, spins her almost upside down, and drops her down so hard. That she is just, you know, way out into lunar orbit. Like her, she's gone. Her consciousness is gone. I mean, that was one hard slam. Have you seen it? You're playing no, right now. It's un- unbelievable, unbelievable slam. And uh, just as she's slamming, it's funny because just as she's slamming, Dominic Cruz goes, "Oh, she's using the Kimura now." 
Rose won't be able to, Jessica won't be able to slam her. And I'm saying, Dominic, you're wrong because she's not using her shin. I'm not saying Dominic is a, is a bad coach. He's brilliant. But uh, I think the angle, he couldn't see if the shin was in or not. He was like assuming that it was. Because mm. instantly he's saying, oh, see, by using the Kimura, she can't slam her. <laughs> I'm like, no, she's going to get slammed. Because I saw it too. And she picks her up and just destroys her. And I really felt bad. She fell very, very violently to the point where her neck is probably going to have to have some you know, medical intervention there to be the same. She's going to have to have serious physical therapy. You know, um, outside of the UFC, there was the, the most famous slam is Fedor Emelianenko versus Kevin. Uh, um, no, um, not Kevin Jackson. Um, oh God, uh, what's his name? Uh, Steroid guy, African American, dyes hair blonde. Um, he's passed away. Uh, yeah. Oh God, I can't. Anyway, um, but he, there's a there's a famous slam, and this was just as bad. Yeah, it, it's just absolutely brutal, and that it was done from a lightweight just shows you, you know, how how much. See, there it is. There it is. Yeah, you're watching it now. It's she, she's doing that Kimura, and she's like, nope, no, and she's gonna pick her up. Boom! Sure. Oh my God. Yeah, right. That's it. And then she's she's done. And it's, you know, it looks like Rose is gonna retire. Looks like she's done. What? Right? Yeah. How old is Rose? No, but it's like... What is she... I don't know. She said she, she, she might be done. And the same thing with who just fought. There was uh, uh, Anthony Smith versus Gustafson. Gustafson said he's probably going to retire. And um, Really? Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes you take a loss and it just rips out a piece of your soul. And, um, and that's, that ripped out a piece of her soul. That's what happened right there. She can't be more... She's born I hope in 92. She's, she's born in 92. No, no, you know, but it, it's not an age. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, she's in her prime, too. She's in her prime, but I mean, and I think she should come back, you know, but, you know, it's it's that sometimes they rip a piece out of your spirit, and that piece is hard to get back, but that's the warrior path, and I yeah. hope she does come back, and I will root for her, because I'm a huge... She's a great fighter. Huge, great fighter. She's had quite a journey. Great person, too. Yeah, just great journey. Great very journey. Humble. Yeah, very humble, and um, wonderful person. She'll come back. She'll, she'll so. find somebody to help her through it. Yeah, 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 and and but that is as I did. I did not see that coming, you know. Like, uh, but the minute she made that mistake, and just think, just like that's what MMA is so cool. Just one little mistake, and right. then you're done. Yeah, you're just unbelievable, you know. So that's that. Uh, <laughs> well, that was a great, great, uh, great drop. All right, we got some questions for you. She dropped it's like like it's hot. <laughs> That, you know, remember Snoop Dogg used to be the commentator for the UFC. Remember on uh, on UFC like Fight Pass or something, he <laughs> no. had this thing where he was a commentator. <laughs> oh my god, that's why they do it on the video game UFC. You can have Snoop Dogg be the commentator. No, I didn't know that that he actually did it professionally. I thought it was like a joke. No, he did it. He did it. I think uh, he was. With, he's not um, very good at it. Well, of course not. He's high all the time. He would just be like, "Oh man, the guy gets guy hit in the face." Oh my god! <laughs> but I think he's more. He's like, you know, there's there's two commentators. There's the guy who knows the stuff. And then there's the guy who's just there for, you know, like entertainment. Mm-hmm. And that that's a good combination sometimes, you know, like uh, it's, it's sometimes it's a really good. Like, I mean, I, I could not stand Goldberg, Gold, Gold, Goldberg, right? The cold commentator of the UFC. Yeah. I could not stand him. He really? seems like a really nice guy. I'm sure he's a very it nice guy. It seemed like I, they worked well together. Rogan yeah, they did. Goldberg. They did work, but he just he just didn't know enough. And and um, and 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 now the commentating, I feel, is, is a lot better. But he did have a personality, and he did bring energy, and that was good. You know, I don't want to talk bad about him. He's a great guy, but I, I just I felt that it was like he 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 just didn't see the moves as much as as I thought he should. Um, but he definitely did bring personality to mm. whatever. Anyway, 
<laughs> Hater's gonna hate, right? <laughs> I'm a hater. You're <laughs> the rest? He, I think he's I think he's commentating for Bellator now. I think so. uh, he's fine. Yeah, yeah he's, he's doing, doing all right. right. He's doing all right. Uh, I got a question here. Yeah. Is uh, it going on to questions now? Right. Yeah, we're yeah. moving on to questions. Unless you had anything. Yeah. No. No. So the uh, yeah, got a lot of questions in. First, the, the number one question is when are you can do the podcast again. And yes. I have this one student today, uh, Yuquan, and I love him to death, and he is an amazing student. But he's like. Where's your podcast? Where's your podcast? I'm like, I'm sorry. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. So, so um, I booked every Monday in the month of June, so we're good. Awesome. Unless I can't do it. And we're going to have some good guests coming up, too. So, oh, yeah, great. Everything, everything's great. It. And they're going to love this space when they come in. Um, this is just wonderful. This is just one absolutely amazing. But um, the one of the things was um, one question that, that asked me a lot is, uh, you know, I, I got this from a beginner. He's like, well, you know what? What you is BJJ or Aikido kind of better for a street fight? Um, you know what? What martial art is? You know what, what? What's better for a street fight? You know Aikido or BJJ, right? And um, you know, I heard something very interesting about Aikido, and guys, some realize that I actually studied Aikido Jitsu as well way back in the day. So I, I can I can kind of converse on Aikido Jitsu a little bit more realistically uh, because I did have the experience uh, in, in the art. Um, and I can just, like not ever really represented MMA because obviously it's functionality is very limited and mm-hmm. a lot of its moves are based on archaic principles because the fighting was an armor. If you, if a guy's mm-hmm. wearing armor and you punch him in the face, he doesn't feel anything. The same, the reason why, like actually traditional Japanese karate does, or especially in the, the Japanese side, Japanese Kempo, not, not Okinawan karate, but Japanese Kempo doesn't have low kicks. One of the reasons it doesn't have low kicks and other arts like Thai boxing do is because Japanese wore greaves, armor on their shins. So you low kick a guy on a shin, he's like, that didn't really hurt him much. <laughs> you know, if he's wearing armor, you're not going to low yeah. kick him, you know? So um, it just makes sense, right? You know, uh, everything is contextual, and a lot of things are less modern in their technique when it comes to Aikido. Right. In Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, it depends how you train, and everything depends how you train. Like I said, in, I had that experience where I was training once in a way that was very playful, very recreational, non-stressful. If you want to defend yourself, that kind of training is not always, is not benefit, should not be the majority of your training. It should not because you must simulate the, 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 the conditions that you want, that you're preparing for. That being said, any martial art, no matter how one-dimensional it is, if you're training full resistance, and what I mean, we'll use that term full contact, meaning full resistance. If I'm training punching, and I allow every single punch. If I'm training kicking, and I allow punching and kicking every single punch to hit as hard as I can. If I allow grappling, wrestling, which is one-dimensional, but I allow every single takedown there is, if in, or jacket wrestling, and I allow every single grip of the jacket, or most of them, and then lots of takedowns from there, and we fight full resistance in that dimension, you will be much more prepared for a self-defense encounter than arts that train with less than full resistance. And Aikido arts or some of these arts train with no resistance. So no matter how good the technique is, say the technique is the best technique in the world, if you're not training with full resistance, it's not going to work. You're not going to be prepared. You're not going to be prepared the shock of battle. So let's take, let's put Aikido on the shelf. Let's talk about boxing. Imagine I'm going to teach you boxing. Okay, now most of the time when you do boxing, you do technique, you do bag work, you hit the bag as hard as you can, and then you spar. But right now, there's a lot of people who never, ever spar. Then they do, you know, what we would call cardio boxing. But they don't call that cardio boxing. They still call it boxing. Mm. But it's not boxing unless you spar. (laughs) And it's not. It's not. It doesn't, like, then you're doing cardio boxing. Because there's no 
competitive element in full resistance. And so it doesn't even matter what martial art you're doing. If you are not training in full resistance mode in that dimension, that dimension will not be the highest level of functionality for for self-defense. This is a fact. True. And and what do we mean by full resistance? Like you can hit me as hard as you can, and you can also do any move not limited to certain moves. Like in, in Taekwondo, they can they can sometimes kick hard, but they can't kick here, they can't punch, they can't do it. So you're limiting a lot of possible options. Or there's sometimes unspoken rules, like, oh, we just don't do that. So so the other yesterday I was teaching and one of my students goes, because I show him how to headbutt someone. And he's like, what, you, what is that? What are you talking about? He comes from a little bit of a karate and a Muay Thai background. And I'm like, it's a headbutt. It's one of the most common street fighting attacks there is. And we're going to learn how to do it because it can be very effective the way we do it. Mm-hmm. And he's looking at me like I'm, I'm Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> but I'm like, weren't you here to learn how to defend yourself? And he's like, yeah. Then wouldn't we want to do every single tool open to yourself given that we can keep it safe? Yeah. Okay, now let's go. And he's like, oh, well, that makes sense. And then also in our academy... You know, a lot of times we, we, in our clinch, we're combining striking and grappling and also foul shots. And a lot of times I'll kick the guy's thigh instead of his groin. But, you know, we, we sometimes really go for the groin too right. because you got to know what it feels like. <laughs> you got to know. You got to know. You have to know. If you don't know, and you also, it's sometimes important to get dropped by a groin shot and pick yourself up and just keep going. Or not get dropped, just hit and go like, <sighs> and push through. Because if you haven't felt it and haven't felt yourself overcome that pain, you don't know what you're capable of. You don't, know you don't you want do. surprises. No, exactly. You don't <laughs> want surprises. So it's like, first of all, any art that is not engaged in full contact resistance training will not prepare you for combat. That's number one, right? Any art that sticks to a unidimensional element will always be not as good as a mixed cross-training element, right? So I'm not saying don't train Muay Thai or don't train boxing or this, but eventually you have to move on and, and cross-train. But you must spar with resistance. And again, like we we're saying, every art, every art will have that element where you walk in that line, well, okay, am I destroying my body by training in this resistance? You don't want that either. So you have to find a way, and sometimes the answer is equipment. Sometimes the answer is um, uh, just, just like for a lot of Kyokushin, what they do is they just body spar. They just hit each other in the body. They don't hit the head, right? And that's that's kind of an answer. But then, of course, you lose your ability to hit, to, to defend the head. So it's it's a question. Um, it's 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 a tough it's a tough way to do things. And you know, like Robbie Lawler is a famous UFC fighter. He he said for ten years he stopped hard sparring because he's like, first of all, I I have my timing, I have everything down. I don't need to hard spar and take brain damage. So that is definitely a, a, an issue with striking. But with grappling, it's not a problem because all you have to do is just tap. You know, like you can spar 100% in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Even the worst sports jiu-jitsu, you can spar 100% hard and you can really go and then you can really prepare yourself for another person trying to control you. And you know, Obviously, if there's no strikes, it's not MMA-oriented, there's going to be some limitations. But that you go 100% and I go 100% makes it much more relevant. So mm-hmm. that's, that's my answer to that question, you know. But it depends how you train and it depends how hard you go, you know. Right. Yeah, so. Well said. Thank you. Thank let's you very much. I appreciate the kind words. Let's see if we got another <laughs> one. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. We got one more. We can we can get through before we got to wrap up. Um, I don't even know how to pronounce that word. What drew you to Dikitrcia? Oh no no don't, don't yeah that's don't do that one. That's an old one. I'll just that one out. Oh that's the different different. Oh I sent you the wrong questions. 
That was um, those questions for Eugene. <laughs> oh, uh, Eugene, uh, yeah. let us know. <laughs> Send us a message and let us know how that goes. That was a word. Okay, so uh, we have this, uh, this, yeah, this this ten years of boxing. Yeah, beat karate. Yeah, does uh, ten years of karate beat boxing, or does ten years of karate boxing beat karate? Like again, we're like, what? What's the better striking art? You know, um, and depends. Aren't know? they very like? How do you? Comp- aren't they apples and oranges? Yeah, but you know, okay. So this is this is kind of interesting. I was just listening to this podcast recently or in, in video, and the guy said, you know, said something interesting. He's like, you know, um, you know, it was about Aikido again, right? But it was like, um, you know, Aikido is a great conceptual thing to learn after you've got your Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. Because he's like the concepts of Aikido, the concepts of, of movement, the kind of thing is they're very high level in some ways. And they can like when you already know how to fight, then adding that in, that kind of thinking is the 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 the, the, the like the upper level thought. But it's not some place where you should start. Because it's like the conceptually makes it's great, but you need to be down and dirty. And the thing is karate and boxing are the same thing, right? Boxing tends to be down and dirty. Like, you go in a boxing gym, first of all, it's not really generally not really a very friendly place. Like, the boxing gyms I've been to, I've in New York, I don't know other places, but I, I tend to think it's the same thing. You, like, get a trainer, you hit the bag, and then when you spar, it's not like, hey, you're my buddy in the boxing gym. The guy comes after you like nobody's <laughs> business, right? And this is the way it is. This is my, my experience in a boxing gym, right? So I had this trainer, and then the other guys had their trainers. And then it would be a battle of prestige between the trainers of whose guy gets whose. And we'd have these sparring sessions. And they would keep it safe and they'd hold it back. But I remember I, I sparred this girl and she was um, a Golden Gloves girl, right? And she was, she, she like kind of looked down. I mean, she was actually taller than me. She was taller and she, she weighed about the same as I did a little bit more. Um, I was 155 at the time. She was probably 160. She was not a small girl, right? She was like 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, and, uh, and she already won the Golden Gloves. And so, and she was good. She was very good. But I'd already been training, been training very hard. I had, I, had a, I had a background in other martial arts too. And I, like I said, I had a karate background. But I was training boxing very hard. But she thought I was like some newbie. And um, so, because we were the same weight, they put us together. And we, she, she I was like, okay, is it going to be light sparring? Because it's like a girl, you know, like, and, you know, maybe that thinking was a little bit sexist at the time. I was young. But um, but my coach goes, it's not going to be light sparring, buddy. <laughs> He's going to come after you. I'm like, what? He's like, you just watch. She's going to come after you. And uh, sure enough, being the bell rings, and there's this tornado of punches just flying to my face. And and I managed to, to tag her a couple times, and she just turned it into a dog fight. And she just wanted to hurt me. Mm. And we were not like play sparring. We were just... It was a fight. Yeah, it was a fight. It was a fight. <laughs> and then finally, it got to the point where the, 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 the two trainers were like exchanging money. <laughs> and I was like, I was between rounds, are you betting on me? He's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, you're betting on me. <laughs> and, then, and then they had to, they had to stop it because it got to a point where we were going to like actually hurt each other. And, um, and the, the trainers had some sense. So they stopped it after the third round. Um, and um, she, was very, she was a very good boxer. She was a very good boxer. And, and at that time, I was really serious about getting ready for MMA training. So I was, I was doing boxing for like f- three sessions of two hours a day, two, two, mm-hmm. two, 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 three days a week, uh, three, three sessions a day, six days a week. Wow. You know, so I was very, very serious. And um, I wouldn't say I was the best boxer, definitely not. Uh, but I, but I, I took my training very seriously, you know. And um, – and so she she did she she did as well. You know, I, I don't know what she's doing in her life, but I'm sure she's very successful. 
But, um, but you know, like it's not a friendly environment. Mm-hmm. And that actually is sometimes a good thing because when you're like too comfortable and you know what to expect and this and that, it, it, it's, it's, not, it's not really that good. You know, the most important, I would say, I said this in another podcast, the most important thing for self-defense is first awareness and focus, awareness of your surroundings. After that, it's adaptability. Because maybe you come at me like 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 an untechnical like brawler. Maybe you come at me technical. Maybe you come at me with kicks. Maybe you come at me with punch. Maybe you come at me grabbing my hair. Maybe you smash me into a wall. Whatever the situation is, I have to be able to adapt to that. Mm-hmm. And adaptability is the key. That's the most important part. And the first thing about adaptability is not training with the same guys over and over again and being comfortable knowing their game. That's why it's really important to step out and compete, whatever art it is. So you face someone you never faced before, and you don't know what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. So you have to adapt to that moment right there, um, and or just you know kind of visit another academy. We had the issue we were talking about the podcast, the issue of going to other academies. Some people don't like that, but in Japan there was a huge thing called Degeko, where you always go and visit other academies so you can feel the game of other people and you don't know what to expect. And understanding how to deal with the unexpected is super, super important. So you could be training karate and you could be in a great karate school that's very full contact and and trains you like that. Um, But most karate schools in America are not like that. Mm -hmm. So you, not to to knock the art, I'm talking about the training here. You know, they're just not hard um, training. They don't train you to, to train the expect unexpected. Um, and, and so they're limited in their, in their approach, you know? Um, that being said, there's some karate guys who are just phenomenal fighters. And then you could see like, they, they represent, you see, uh, Tom, Evan Thompson, um, uh, there's, there's a few of them. Um, uh, they're not coming to mind. Machida's fighting coming up, Chael Sonnen versus Udo Machida. Machida's obviously represented karate very, very well. And, you know, um, and and they're definitely abil- able to adapt what they know to a variety of opponents, mm-hmm. you know. So um, it depends where you train and how you train. The the advantage that boxing has it was never designed for like the way they train in boxing was designed to create competitors. So they they train you in a hard way, and that's changing though. Now you're like a lot of people are cardio boxing, mm-hmm. so they don't ever spar. But if you're training with a guy who's a legitimate boxing trainer, he, he will he will he will prepare you as far as he knows for for a boxing match, which because it's full contact in the boxing element, um, and you spar people you don't know, and you know, you know, you'll you'll get some you'll get some real world experience. Now, what I would say is like it's when you have that and you add on the kicks, you add on this, you add on the other stuff, then it then then like we're talking about the Aikido, you add on these other elements. It can only benefit, but you got to know how to how to really handle yourself mentally and physically and adaptability wise uh, in under pressure. And if you if you're in a cry school or in a, in a boxing gym for that matter, right everywhere where you're not doing that, you're not going to be prepared. It just so happens that most of the time, and real boxing trainers do apply that training method to you. It's hard. It's not fun, but it's real. And in my academy, you know, we we always try to have some fun, but at the same time, every day is hard. Mm-hmm. Every day is hard. You know, um, because if it's not hard. You don't grow. You <laughs> only grow through adversity and challenge and discomfort. So that's that's uh, that's what I would answer that question. All right. Yeah. Well, Is that that a good that a good answer? Very good. Well, uh, could you. could you beat up Mike Tyson? Um. Present day, not not prime. No. No, <laughs> no, no. I mean, I mean, you know, Mike Tyson is, uh, and then the thing is, you know, the Mike Tyson is is a, is grew up in the streets. And he yeah. knows how to handle himself. Different kind of guy. And I wouldn't, I would never say that I was like the best, the, the best fighter. Then, however, if I could get to a grappling position, 
I know that he is less prepared than I am. Although, you know, he has a very strong interest in MMA, and I've heard that he's taken some lessons and here and there and just mm-hmm. kind of like dabbled in because he, he's he always comes to MMA fights all the time and he loves the sport. So I would be surprised, given his he has had so many street fights too, you know, for like he grew up very, very hard. So um, I remember listening to an interview with him, the stories, and, and he was talking about a street fight and how it involved a lot of grappling. So I'm sure he can handle himself in, in some of those elements. Um, that being said, you know, anybody who has a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or in Judo, get when they get to a grappling position and they train with someone who does not know grappling, you have a tremendous advantage. Mm-hmm. Absolutely tremendous. That's where you go for the eye gouge and hope. <laughs> and it doesn't work. Nope. And, and, and the thing is, you know, there's a great, I, there's a great MMA fight which versus Muhammad Ali versus Antonio Noki. It's a real fight. Antonio Noki was a wrestler in Japan. And I think we talked about this in one podcast, but... It was supposed to be a fake pro wrestling fight. And at that point, Muhammad Ali was probably the best boxer in the world. You know, he was, he was banned from boxing, but he was the best. So he did this pro wrestling match in Japan. It was supposed to be fake. It was in, I don't know, like 67 or 72, something like that, right? And um, Inoki knew that he could not beat Ali on the feet. So what did he do? He jumped on his back and started kicking, side-kicking from, from the floor, side-kicking Ali's shins. And he's like... Ali, come down and fight me. And Ali's like, no, Inoki, come up and fight me. Uh-huh. Because in both of their dimensions, each one knew that they would lose. So if, Ino- if Ali went down to Inoki's dimension, which is grappling, he would have no idea what to do. If Inoki went up to Ali's striking, he would get lit up like a Christmas tree. So they both stayed in their dimension, and nothing <laughs> happened for an hour, except Ali developed so many stress fractures in his shin that really stopped his career. And it's one uh-huh. of the reasons why he started addressing a different style, because his shin was so messed up. He took something like four or 500 Jeez. kicks to Ooh. the shin the whole fight. Because it was an hour and something. They, they wound up stopping in his draw. But, and they, it was supposed to be fake, but it became real. It's like some background story there that they just hated each other and think, I don't really know. But it became uh-huh. real. It became a real fight. And it didn't stop until the promoter shut it down and said, okay, done. Why? Wow. Yeah. And it was an hour. It's online. It's the most boring fight you've ever seen. Because <laughs> all it is is Onoki flopping to the ground and kicking Ali in the shin. And the ref would stand him up eventually and then just flop to the ground and kick him in the shin. Now, let me tell you, if it's a one-on-one fight, that's not a bad way to beat a boxer. <laughs> and, and if it were the self-defense scenario... If Ali, say Ali's a bad guy, right? He would have to engage Inoki on the ground because it's self-defense, like a self-defense, right? Wait, what is he going to do? Just not do anything? Then, mm-hmm. then Inoki will just walk away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, if it's a one-on-one fight. So um, that is not necessarily a bad choice. But it was a very, very rational, very logical choice. So if I was in a scenario where I was fighting someone who's a much better striker than I am, I'm going to clinch right away or try to find a way to bring it to the ground very, very quickly. And um, basically UFC won all over again. <laughs> and, if, and if you can't do that, you know, striker's going to win. But if you can, and the person has no grappling training, the grappler will be absolutely dominant. And that's, that's what we saw. Um, Gustafson just fought um, Smith. And Gustafson is great boxing. And Anthony Smith is not bad. But Gustafson has always had a weakness in the grappling. Mm-hmm. Well, he gets taken down, gets his back taken, gets choked out. And that's that's all she wrote. When you <laughs> give up your back to a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, I don't care, even a sport black belt, whatever. You give up your back to a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, you're probably going to lose. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, right. but Anthony Smith is an MMA black belt. I mean, he is he is an MMA fighter, and he's legit you know, Jiu-Jitsu black belt mm-hmm. in MMA. I mean, I'm not saying he's, like, going to beat John Jones. Obviously, he didn't, but he's up there for a reason. Right. He really, he really, um, he, 
he 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 was very dominant in that fight. Huh. Yeah. Um, although although in the striking they were doing both back and forth doing very well. You know, um, I, I didn't look at the scorecards, but uh, but it seemed like Gustafson was maybe slightly ahead. You know, mm-hmm. a bit ahead. Um, and I, I watched the fight um, very quickly but this, the, last night. Um, it was like more, not not the full fight. It was the full fight, but it was like kind of like uh, taking out the rounds and things. Like it was a little, 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 little edited. But it looked like to me that um, in my very first watching that uh, that uh, Gustin was, was, was winning the striking exchange slightly. Yeah. Slightly. Well, I hope he doesn't yeah. retire. I like yeah. him. I think he's a good fighter. Yeah, no. He's, I think he's done. Same with the... Same mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, anyway, it's great to we made it. Yeah, we made it. We made it through the through the hour, and uh, hopefully, we won't leave you another a month and a half without hearing our voices again. No, no, and I, I've got some great guests lined up in this new space, and uh, I think we're gonna have some wonderful times. We're gonna run into Teddy Ellis in the hallway and see if we can get him on the show. I know that would be amazing. <laughs> I can tell how much boxing is not as good as MMA. I'm sure you'd love that. <laughs> oh, just a, this is an episode why I don't show up. <laughs> um, no, that's just, just kidding. You know. Um, but uh, yeah, no. Um, what do you think about um, the fights coming up? What's coming up? Oh, there's so many good ones coming up. I'm so unprepared. Okay, we gotta make another bet. Yeah, sure. Because <laughs> your wife told me it's okay to bet again, right? Did she? Yeah, I think she said that. Oh my gosh, I don't know about that. What are we? What's the next fight? Yeah, that's so far away. Two thirty-eight. Yeah, Cejudo. And Morales, Morales, yeah, Morales, yes, yeah, Cejudo Morales. That should be an amazing fight. Shevchenko versus Jessica I. Yeah, there's some really good. So, what do you think? Ferguson Cer- versus Cerrone. Jeez. Oh yeah, Ferguson versus Cerrone. Cerrone's crazy. He's he just fought. He just fought, and he's going to take that again. fight in a late notice. No, I scared? think he was like, I want to fight again or something. I don't know. He, he didn't nuts. take much damage. No, he didn't. He did. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm going to do the main event. Yeah, Cejudo yeah. Morales. Yeah. I think Cejudo. Yeah. Okay. I'll uh, I'll take Marais, but I think Cejudo. All right. And then let's do slaps. With slaps. Okay. Yeah. All right. To, to, for sure. Let's do that. All right. <laughs> Did you see the world the slap competition? That that there's that, a slap competition. Yeah. 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 It's ridiculous. It's this ridiculous. world is ridiculous. <laughs> it's they stand in front. They have to slap each other, and whoever keeps standing wins. <laughs> it's so dumb. Well, let's not do that. Let's <laughs> just one slap to the face. To the sure. Okay. Not the butt. I'm not ready for that. <laughs> or to the belly. The face Belly, is fine. The face is okay? The face is fine. Okay. You're not going to break my jaw. No, I would never no. do that. I'll do, and, you know what? It's not fair. I'll do, I'll do your belly because it's not fair. <laughs> you can do my face, but I can't. It's not fair. Why? Are you trained? Yes. Well, I'll take some training. Teach me how to slap. <laughs> I would teach you how to slap. Did, did, did you watch How I Met Your Mother? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Slap Great bet. show. No, no, I didn't see that one. What? Well, he, he went to uh, Shanghai to learn how to slap. Because <laughs> really? he, had, he, had, he, he uh, could slap his friend in the face one time. And so he went on a journey throughout Shanghai, learning the, the slap techniques. Oh, he's like some slap master in Shanghai. Yeah, or something? Yeah. <laughs> so he learned the three master traits of slapping, and and then he the the slap of a thousand exploding suns is what he learned. <laughs> did it work? Uh, it did. It, it it hurt his face real bad, <laughs> but no suns were exploded. No suns. No suns. Okay. All right. Well, I will. I will not explode any suns. Appreciate. Appreciate. All right, uh, that's it for us. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Marshall underscore culture and on Instagram at Marshall Culture Cast. Please leave a review on iTunes, and we'll see you next time on the Marshall Culture Podcast.